This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora I'm Sam Broughton, the Mayor of Waikirikiri, Selwyn District. Welcome back to Swell On Air. Grab a coffee or tea, sit back and enjoy listening to the following show. Good morning, I'm your Swell On Air host, Amy Sinclair. The online world is normal and an essential part of our communication nowadays. However, it can be really tricky to navigate it safely. Today's topic is online safety and we talked to cybersecurity expert Aram Karim. Aram is an information security consultant with CCL, which is Computer Concepts Limited. Welcome, Aram. Morning, it's great to be here. Good, th- thanks, for, thanks for attending this morning's session. What we'll start off with is some questions, and the first one is, what is cybersecurity, and why should I care about it? Yeah, it's a Really good question and a good place to start. Cybersecurity is essentially about three things. It's about protecting the confidentiality of our information, so making sure that only the people that should have that information have it, and most often that's just ourselves or you know people close to us. The second is the integrity of that information. So you know if you've got a bank record or some important financial data or even your you know, your own family photos, that 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 information there is kept um, secure and, and and not tampered with. And the final one is the availability piece, is that when I want that information, you know, when I want to use my computer or use my phone, it works the way it should work, um, and something, you know, hasn't happened to it that stops that from occurring. Okay. Anything else to add on that? Yeah, I think, you know, we should care because, like you've said, it's it's an everyday part of our life, um, and by having a few skill sets and and a bit of awareness what that will allow us to do is really utilise all that technology that's out there. So we'll be able to you know, work on the internet safely, we'll be able to use devices safely, much like getting your driver's licence opens up this whole new world of being able to drive a car and go further and go faster. It's the same thing with the internet, but we need those essential skills first so that we can do it in a safe way. And that's right, it's quite difficult. I've found it, being an elderly person, I've found it uh, quite difficult to to find out more about the internet, to use it, and to make it safe. Is there anything in particular that we should be doing immediately to to, um, to find out how we can manage it better? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of good places to start and a lot of good sources of information. Um, we're pretty lucky here in New Zealand that um, sites provided by the government such as netsafe.org.nz exist um, and CERT, so C-E-R-T-N-Z, um, really great sources of information. So if you wanted to start somewhere, you can go there. Um, but I think there are a few steps that we can all start with as well that will help. First up, it's probably in that password um, domain. So making sure that we're using good passwords. And what a good password looks like is not a complex and hard to remember list of numbers and symbols and, and bits and pieces. A good password is now um, recommended to be a phrase or a sentence. So, you know, the dog went for a walk is something that's actually quite easy to remember. But when you type that out, it's a long password and a long password is generally more secure. 
Okay, yes, I've just been reading about that, and that's probably an issue with with some of us folk dealing with it. There's so many passwords today. We have mm. them for loyalty programs, for phones, for computer, for anything, doctor's visits, anything. And I find it quite difficult to... Um, to remember all my passwords. What do you suggest there? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, and we all struggle with that. There's a couple different ways of getting around that problem. Um, probably the best way, and maybe the most complex way, is to use a password manager. So what that is, it's an application on your phone or even inbuilt into one of your internet browsers um, that will then store all those passwords for you and give you the ones that you need when you need them. And all you need to do is effectively remember that password and the code that will get you into that manager. Another way, if you want to keep it really simple, and this is a good way as well, is just to write your most important passwords down on a piece of paper and store that somewhere really safe. Whether that's in a, you know, your safe at home or that box where you've got those special photos or something out of the way. Um, But you really want to be sure that when you do that, you've kept it somewhere safe and that um, you don't misplace that list because that list is pretty important. Yes, you're right. That's perhaps what I do at the moment is uh, I've got that wee book that I'm always hiding away somewhere. But that password manager seems like a good idea to me. Um, that, so you, in that regard, you would only need one password to get into that, which covers all your other set passwords. Is yeah, that right? That's, that's exactly right. And they're not that hard to set up. And there's some really good ones now that are provided for free. And you can either you know have that as an application on your phone or um, you know on your computer. And once you've set up, that's probably the hardest part. So you can get someone to help you do that. And then once it's in place, it kind of just works in the background, and it will it will store those passwords. And a handy feature is if you want to set up a new account um, or you know sign up to a new website, it will often recognise that happening and recommend to you a strong password, and then go and lock it away in the safe for you. So it means you don't have to remember long lists of passwords. Oh, that's good. And I do see some of the sites, they say weak password, you need a, str- a password, you need a strong one. So th- that's good advice too, isn't it, from um, from those companies providing that detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, that's good. Um, the second question we have today is, how can we spot a scam or a cyber attack? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, there's a number of things to look out for, um, and they depend on the type of attack that's happening. So one of the most common attacks we need to look out for or things going wrong is called a phishing attack. And what that really is, it's it's an email that's been sent to you uh, with either something bad hidden in that email, so you might not be able to immediately tell it. It might be a file that has a virus in it or it might be a link that will take you to somewhere that will um, then potentially download a virus onto your computer or phone. So that's the way we want to look out for those is those emails often are very generic because the person doesn't really know who you are, but they might have found your email somewhere. So it'll be, you know, dear sir or ma'am instead of dear Hamish. The email might have some bad spelling in it. It will often come across as very urgent. So they'll say, hey, I need you to click on this link and I need you to download this file straight away because it's really urgent. That is a sign to look out for is is something suspicious. Another really big one is, did you expect that email to come? You know, Did you expect that bill to come through from whoever that uh, provider was? Or did you expect that friend to email you? Um, because those are all really good indicators. So looking out for something that has a sense of urgency, something that you're not expecting, um, and again, something that's asking you to do something that potentially might not sound so safe, you know, 
to share a password, to download a file, or to click on a link and visit some website you don't know about. Those are things that you really want to think twice about before doing. Really good points there. And another one can be too is to send money, send money. And I noticed at this time of the year there are a lot of sort of um, questionable uh, emails coming in about tracking your parcels mm. and things like that, pay up money. What should you do then? Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, good point. What we see with these types of scams is that they are season dependent. So you'll get Christmas-themed scams around Christmas. And right now we're all buying packages and sending packages, especially those people who are you know, in cities that might be going through lockdowns. They're using the post system a lot more. And those scammers and uh, you know hackers know that. So what they're trying to do is use that social engineering and play on the things that you know they think are happening out there, things that might be popular in the news, you know, events like Christmas or New Year's that's happening, and things that they know lots of people are worrying about. So scams about you know COVID, scams about post. Those things are things that will be happening a lot, and they are happening a lot right now because people know that we're thinking about them. Yeah, good point. So what should we really do? When we when we um, have a some concern about one of those types of emails, yeah, that's a good question. So if if you receive one of those emails and it's asking you to do something that you're not quite sure about, the first step is to not do anything that that email asks you to do. If it's coming through from something that claims to be your bank or you know um, a builder you use to build that fence and they're trying to send you a bill, give that service a phone call. Through their not the phone number that might be in that email, but the listed um, email on Google. If you search for that provider or the one you've used in the past, give them a call and say, "Hey, I got this email from you, and it's asking me to do that. Can you confirm that's actually the case?" And you know, these uh, the help centres now at these businesses are really used to this type of stuff, especially at the banks, and they'll be able to talk you through that process of um, what to do and what not to do. Mm, good advice. Like I think having worked in the banks, I think um, banks don't usually uh, email you and ask you to log on, do they really? They're, um, they're something quite against that. So there's always that red um, red light shining there, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. That's a big red light. So in general, no one should ever ask for your password or login details over an email or even over a phone call for that matter. So if that ever happens, something's wrong and you probably shouldn't talk further. Oh, that's, that's, that's good advice. Yeah, and just one other quick thing that I've noticed too, I, I like to check where the email is sent from. There should be an address on it. And if it's from Hawaii, you know, you're not expecting something from Hawaii, you know, ha- have some concerns about that, eh? Yeah, that's a really good one. Look out for where that email came from. Good. So the last question I have here is, what steps can we take to improve our online safety overall? Yeah, good question. Okay, so we talked about passwords, and that's one of those big ones that you really want to think about. Um, you know, after the, after this talk today, getting those passwords into good phrases, making sure they're different for each of the important things you do. So don't use the same password for your everyday email and for your bank account. You want to keep those big important things different, and then save those lists of passwords somewhere. The other thing that is really important is to update your devices. We're lucky now that computers and phones will generally tell us when we need to do an update, so we need to follow that advice straight away. If you get a notification or a little pop-up on your screen that says, hey, updates are due for this device, make sure you get that done straight away. Um, The other thing is probably to be careful about 
the information you share and the settings on your social media devices. So if you're using Facebook or LinkedIn or any of those things, make sure you go through the privacy and security section and read through each of those options in detail to make sure that they're set to what you want them to be. Oh, really good information there. Gee, I'll have to make some changes when I get ha- when I get home tonight. Um, but finally, um, you mentioned about CERT before, I think it was. Um, I think online they provide some good information of 11 steps that we can use, and that's what I think I'd need, but also um, to use your company. So, Aram, how can we get in contact with you? Yeah, um, for sure. CERT NZ provides a really good list, as does um, there's some great advice on NetSafe. .org.nz. But if you wanted to get in contact with me, um, you can call the CCL office here in Christchurch, ask for me by my name, and you'll get straight through. Um, I'm also on, you know, on LinkedIn and on Facebook if people want to find me there. Okay. Well, thanks very much for, for joining us today and all the best. Thank you. Thanks, Amish. second guest today is Dr. Chris Kirk from Univentures. Dr. Chris is an expert startup coach. He founded the Later in Life Innovators Group, which provides social networking and support for over 50s who are setting up self-employment or startup businesses. Prior to that, Chris worked as Deputy Vice-Chancellor of Lincoln University. So welcome to the studio today, Chris. How are you? Good, thanks, Kirsten. Lovely to be here. So there are many older people. Are there many older people wanting to start businesses? Well, the answer is an emphatic yes, and it's a growing phenomenon worldwide. So we have to forget the myth that entrepreneurs are 20-somethings doing just high-tech and high-growth-type companies. It's never too old to start a business or to be an entrepreneur. And it turns out that internationally, a recent study has shown that the decade from 55 to 65 are the age segment that has the fastest growing startup number of businesses. And the same survey also found that 70% of businesses set up by people over 50 uh, survive at least five years, 70%, whereas it's 28% for those who are under 50 when they start their first business. Of course, many of our later in life entrepreneurs are setting up a solo self-employment type business or a small micro business. And alongside that, it's great and we applaud the fact that uh, younger entrepreneurs are often going in for higher tech and sometimes quite scalable companies. So together, we can set up the right companies with the right people driving them. And as you said earlier, we've got now, start start of this year, we set up a later in life innovators group for anyone over 50 Uh, to provide social interaction and support uh, because often people work quietly out of their lounge or their garage or kitchen in their uh, business uh, or wannabe business and this provides uh, a chance for them to interact with fellow travellers at least once a month as we've done and we're uh, about to put on some more um, functions for our folk and some more support activities. So we meet once a week at the, uh, oh, sorry, once a month at the University Centre for Entrepreneurship, and they've been very generous in providing us with support, um, and uh, we're very grateful for that. So, what's unique about later in life entrepreneurs or innovators? Well, there's a number of things happening, really. Uh, firstly, we're all living longer, uh, much longer than our parents' time, 
the average age life expectancy in New Zealand is heading off towards 80, I understand. Uh, so there's that factor. Secondly, there is no retirement age in New Zealand. So with this what we call longevity bonus, um, we have to make decisions about whether we're going to have an increased retirement time or possibly choose to work uh, for a longer period. And thirdly, it's been shown that keeping busy and active is a really good thing as you grow older for both physical and mental well-being. So having a reason to get up in the morning, having a focus, having some drive to do something, be it volunteering or be it playing golf or doing the garden uh, or starting a business, that's all great as we uh, get into our older years. Um, and the fourth and uh, huge thing that's just happened has been COVID, and it's led to many redundancies and layoffs of people often over 50. And if you find yourself at, say, 55, and you would like to get back into the workforce, and you apply for a job, and you apply for another one, you don't hear back, and then when you do hear back, they don't want to, and occasionally you get an interview, but you don't get the job, it can be very dispiriting and very downheartening. Um, so one alternative, if you find yourself redundant and in your over 50 years, is to consider whether you just might start up your own business, pursue that dream to do something that you've had for a long time, um, or for whatever reason, you'd like to give it a go. And so we're uh, looking to support such people, to be a contributing uh, member of our society uh, to make an economic contribution. And we realise now that there are some special training and skill development programmes that, by and large, older people need that are focused on their needs, which are rather different than those of the younger uh, entrepreneur. So f for us, it's often a journey from employee to entrepreneur. And that's mm. what we're planning to focus on with the Selwyn District Council. Yeah, so... and. In light of that, so Selwyn District Council has recently secured funding to pilot a startup for seniors program, and this is based on this research that you've been involved with with senior entrepreneurs in New Zealand, and apparently this is going to launch in March twenty twenty two. So, what does it involve to be part of this program, and perhaps to find out more? Well, the way to find out more about it is to uh, inquire at startup at selwyn.gov.nz and we will answer all inquiries that we get. Um, I think it's incredibly good that Selwyn have taken the lead in this and in a sense taken a lead for New Zealand in developing a specialist, dedicated programme because we now understand the needs of older people who are starting up a business later in life. And those needs are different than if you're 25 than if you're uh, 55. So our research program has shown that people come with a good range of skills and abilities that they don't always recognise, but with certain gaps that are typical of the age group. And uh, But we've now got evidence about this, and we are planning to design a program, thanks to the funding that Selwyn has been able to obtain, uh, that we can put on. And that program will be a combo of things. It will involve selecting people that have an idea they really want to pursue, and then a series of workshops uh, with, in between, uh, with a week in between and meetings uh, happening with each individual on the progress they're making with their uh, uh, tasks to do in the intervening week. Uh, and it will then involve an incubator or hatchery, which is a place for them to nurture and, grow, and launch and then grow 
uh, their company. And again, someone has come to the party with some facilities to support that. And once we launch the company, then we are going to arrange aftercare with an appropriate mentor for that particular company. And it's really important that the mentor is the right person at the right time uh, for a company. So we're very grateful for this opportunity. And to be honest, this puts us at the leading edge of what's happening in New Zealand with this increasing number of people who can go on and be senior entrepreneurs. That's really exciting. So just for listeners, if you are interested in finding out more about this program, start up at salwin.govt.nz. We'll um, get you some more information. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Chris. Thank you very much. Come along and you'll love it, everyone. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you want to hear other stories about ageing well in Selwyn, check out the Plains FM website and search Swell On Air. Matewa.